0: Let's get, it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. let's get it, let's get it, uh-huh. 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 let's get it, let's get it, rockin' Royal, rockin' Navy, welcome to a special
1: post-cast edition of the KSL.com Cougar Beat Podcast, no, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, not actually live, this is the but recorded live. On life? Is that what we'll call it? On life is dead, so probably not on life, but whatever whatever the not live but not dead version of life is. Uh, that's what we are. We're still at the stadium after the ninety first and last question mark, last for now, edition of the Wagon Wheel Rivalry. Uh, number nineteen BYU pulls away in the second half, thirty eight to twenty six over in state rival utah state uh you guys probably watched the game or you read about it you listened to it on the radio whatever but uh i'm sean walker byu beat writer for com. joined once again by jacob nielsen who covers the aggie so we had it fully spread out and covered and jake thanks for staying up late with me on a friday morning i guess yeah top of the morning to you <laughs> top of the morning, indeed. Um, but uh i'm I'm gonna be honest, like I know the final score goes in favor of the Cougs in this one, Jake, but I was really impressed by Utah State this game um is is the future now under
2: quarterback cooper Laga? I absolutely is the future. Blake Anderson confirmed in the press conference tonight that Logan Bonner broke his foot and the season-ending injury and it's also a career-ending injury because he's already yeah, used his, his red shirt uh, injury year and so yeah so he's done which is unfortunate for Logan Bonner but yes this was uh tonight was the future of uh, this was the turning of the tide and Cooper Lega is the man and we got to uh we got to see him playing against his uh his hometown team so yeah
1: yeah, pretty cool that the the first start comes like 15 miles down the road from where you played your high school ball at Old Orem High. Um, I'm, I'm not a BYU guy. I'm not a Utah State guy either, uh, but I did grow up in Provo, so I have a little soft spot in my heart for Utah County kids. Uh, I got definitely a soft spot in my heart for Cooper Legaw, and the Aggies have a really good one here. 19 of 31 passing for 188 yards, two touchdowns, did throw those two interceptions, including a pick six and Max Tooley that we'll talk about. Only took two sacks in his debut. Uh, I thought he showed, he showed well more often than he did not in this game. Still plenty of mistakes, still things to clean up. Uh, if I know Coop, I, again, I didn't talk to him, you talked to him in the post game, so confirm or deny this for me, but knowing Coop, he's probably as disappointed or more so with his own game, uh, than a lot of us, but I thought overall he looked he looked very good for, um, you know, as limited of an experience than he has, and maybe no better than on the Aggies' opening drive. Uh, they get the ball, and uh, Lagaw goes 75 yards in 12 plays over 421, cap by a 7-yard touchdown to go up. To put Utah State up seven nothing with 10:39 left in the first quarter, and you can kind of feel it in the stadium right here, uh, Jake. I know it's only the first drive, and and you don't want to make like too many assumptions, obviously after the first drive, but you kind of felt it in the
2: stadium, like okay, the Aggies are here to play. No, I think right. it's easy for for BYU fans and really anybody to look at Utah State's results so far this season and see they lost to Weber State 35 to seven. This game's going to be a cakewalk, and then. Definitely, 24
1: point spread at kickoff that yeah. only got smaller.
2: Yeah, there were there was chatter of, hey, is Jacob Conover going to start in the second half? Are we going to rest Tyrion. And then, yeah, Lega he marches the team down there, and that was that was the first possession of the season where Utah State has scored a touchdown on on the opening possession. So it was, uh, yeah, hard to have a, a much better start than that. So I I think that Lega to what you mentioned, he was definitely disappointed in the uh, in the the post game and <laughs> I asked him actually I said I want to hear one thing that's kicking you the most one play that's kicking you the most and one play that you're most proud of and he answered the first part in detail about this ball that he underthrew to Terrell Vaughn ignored the second part of my question I'm like hey whoa, whoa Coop like tell me man he's like he just sat there he's like well it was cool that we scored on the first drive <laughs> so just like so there you go. okay did not want to say anything yeah. good about himself he was like we lost so yeah that's the type of guy he is he's yep. a same old coop yeah same old coop
1: in so many ways uh Utah state's first half and and I bring up the entire first half because I, th- I thought for the most part I know it was technically tied 17-17 at halftime but Utah state really controlled uh the first half of this game going touchdown interception punt fumble field goal um, and another punt, I think. No, that was BYU, sorry. So, touchdown, interception, punt, fumble, field goal, touchdown, uh, punt in the, in the, uh, first half. Really dominated the game, kind of took the air out of the ball, if you will, or at, at the very least took the ball from BYU's hands, played a lot of possession offense. Uh, Calvin Tyler Jr. had another really big game, ended up with over 100 yards on the ground um but BYU only had 19 plays in the first half like I'm sure a lot of that was probably by design as the Aggies rolled up over 200 yards
2: uh before the halftime break right no yeah obviously Utah State they were it was a very rush heavy scheme that they were getting after today and also I mean BYU's first touchdown it took them two plays so yeah, part of that's, that was just... That's, that's also part of it.
1: It's 34-second sure. drive in two plays, for sure. For sure.
2: But I, I think that definitely that's it's how the first half, it's how you, they wanted it to go if you're the Aggies. But at the same time, when they're going to go back and watch the tape, they're going to be kicking themselves because they had a lot of opportunities based off of how they were playing and how poorly BYU played in the first half to really take the lead, take a commanding lead in half a halftime. There's a few moments when Katoa fumbles the ball and Daniel Greshick, the yep. a defensive end for Utah State. He tries to pick it up to take it to the end zone instead of landing on it, and he doesn't get it. And then, obviously, Max Tooley gets the pick six. So BYU won the turnover battle in the first half, even though it was such a lopsided game every, everywhere else. And so Utah State, I, I just had this feeling at halftime, like, this is the best we're going to see Utah State play, and it might be the worst we're going to see BYU play. <laughs> and so you would hope that Utah State's best could give them the lead at halftime and it just not quite because yeah maybe
1: put a little bit more fear into BYU force yeah. them into kind of trying to catch up for sure
2: yeah and I mean it's it's some of those missed opportunities some of those turnovers that'll get you but then yeah I mean in the second half I, we saw I, obviously I think BYU fans are concerned about how their offense and the defense look but I thought that the the adjustments that BYU made in the second half to kind of combat the Aggies and what they were trying to do with some of their blitzing schemes and stuff. I thought that it was a I thought it was a really good thing that Byron Vaughn's Aggie defensive end, he said in the postgame, he said some of their RPO schemes caught us off guard in the second half and that kind of got to us and so that helped BYU score those two quick two touchdowns in that third quarter.
1: Yeah. Uh, BYU offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick has been really, really good for his tenure here, so I don't wanna like dog on sound like I'm dogging on him too much. I think he's overall a very good coach, very good schematically, from his time uh from southern Utah to Weaver State to Utah to, to now to BYU. Uh he's been very good. Uh I thought in the first half he was a little bit overmatched though. Uh I don't know if he was overthinking some things or just not feeling out the offense quite right or whatever it was. In the third quarter he made some adjustments especially, particularly in the run game, that really helped turn the tide on this, like you mentioned. Uh, BYU's third quarter, they opened with a touchdown on their opening drive again and then sustained it with another score. Uh, Could have had another one, but for a missed field goal, which kicking was continued to haunt the Cougs, Um, and then another touchdown to put it away after a turnover on downs. Meanwhile, they held Utah State in that third quarter to two possessions – that ended in a field goal and a, a punt. And then there was a third that technically ended at the very start of the fourth quarter. Uh, that was a turnover on downs as well. And that was kind of the game in a lot of ways. BYU found a way to sustain. Uh, Christopher Brooks rant ended up running for uh, 90 yards and a score on 11 touchdowns. But Miles Davis in this one, only 39 yards on 8 touches. But he opened the second half. In sort of this running back by committee that BYU does, um, and got the ball on four straight touches to pull a BYU run game that had negative twenty nine yards rushing at the half. He pulled them evil. He pulled them even. Excuse me. um, And then it kind of felt like that was the moment where it was like, okay, here is how. The Cougars need to run on this Utah State defensive front. Um, Miles Davis ran into kind of some, some wide zone read schemes. That opened up the middle of the channel for Chris Brooks to then just sort of plow ahead like he's used to. Um,
2: and and the rest, I guess, as they say, is history in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, I mean, I think for from an Aggie lens, there were two plays in the second half that were sort of back, back-breaking and helped BYU sustain these drives and extend its lead. And then also... Keep Utah State's defense on the field and really wear them out. And the first one is it was a third and long, and Jaron Hall looks for for Cosper, Braden Cosper, and mm. it goes off Cosper's hands for the incompletion, and then falls right into Gunnar Ronnie's hands is for the, just the right 15 there. yard yeah. gain. Just like they just
1: like they drew it up, right? Just, just like they drew it yeah. up. Just I'm sure they practiced that all day too.
2: Absolutely, yeah. yeah, they were running that scheme all day, and so that was a that was a backbreaker because then BYU scores that second touchdown of the third quarter, and then the other one is. The, the following possession, the the targeting where safety hmm. Gervin Hall for Utah State was kicked out of the game and that was also a third down that Utah State was hoping to get off the field on and that extended BYU's drive yep. and so I think those two plays uh, were tough breaks for Utah State but credit BYU for doing what Utah State didn't do with their breaks in the first half. BYU capitalized on the breaks that they were given and then you just saw after the beginning of the fourth quarter, it's 31-20 when Cooper Lega fourth and two, they go for it on midfield. Utah State does. And it's a predictable play. He gets stuffed. And then you see what BYU's offense can do just running the ball and just the line. And I think that Utah State's defense was a little worn out at that point. But also sure. BYU had all the momentum. And then that's when we really saw I think the the, the the gap in talent, which Utah State did an excellent job of mitigating throughout a lot of the game. It was very, very clear. Especially that drive when BYU goes 50 yards, and I don't know how many plays, but all on the ground, and they end up in the end zone. Uh, yeah, that uh, final drive, six
1: plays, 44 yards, capped by that Chris Brooks 18-yard rush. That was it was really good to see. Chris in the end zone. A uh, couple of of BYU fans were joking with some of the reporters on Twitter because a whole bunch of reporters tweeted out that was his first uh, rushing touchdown since the season opener in South Florida. It's actually his second. Um, it's easy to forget though because BYU struggled so much in the run game for the last couple of games that that you kind of forget that he did have a little bit of a bloop um, last game. It was really good. I think it was really good if you're a BYU fan to see. Chris Brooks kind of reemerge out of his cocoon a little bit. And a lot of that, again, all the tribute to Miles Davis, that off-tackle zone zone read really opened up Chris Brooks in the middle of the field, which Utah State was stuffy all night long, like almost forcing BYU to run wide, and they, they just struggled to do it until that first drive in the third quarter, uh, and that helped turn it out. Um, that drive also ended with a touchdown, too. We, I, I got to give a shout-out to Ethan Erickson. Uh, freshman tight end from he's from Utah and Hawaii moved back to to Hawaii his uh senior year so he's officially out of there um but really cool to see him in the end zone he's one of my all-time favorite interviews um not all time but from this year just really cool personality I think I think BYU fans should be excited for him he's gonna get a lot of playing time especially when we start to see Isaac Rex and um and Mason Waite Mason kind of trickle through the program a little bit more. I think you'll see Ethan Erickson a lot more. So cool to see him get his first touchdown of his career on a 14-yard pass. Yeah, 14-yard pass from Jaron Hall um, right there. Um, overall, um, I thought this was the best game the Utah State has played of the season. It's unfortunate that it's going to go down as a 12-point loss. It, it really should be a 10-point loss. Um, That two-point conversion towards the end was, I guess, interesting in some ways, uh, but it kind of felt like a a good ten-point game. So not a terrible loss for the Aggies by any means. I think they found a lot of things that they can really build on and hopefully contend a little bit more or a little bit better. In a Mount West Conference, that is... Speaking from a pure outsider perspective, so correct me if I'm wrong here, Jake,
2: but I feel like the league is incredibly wide open this season. It is, it is wide open. It's like the Montana. Both for sky. good and for bad, right? <laughs> yeah, for better or worse. And I think something for BYU fans to take solace in, if you haven't watched this Utah State team, the team that was on the field tonight looked like a different team than the team that lost to Weber State. Yeah, very four much. Touchdowns, very much. And so sure, there's, I'm sure there's plenty to be concerned about, but Utah State absolutely played their best game of the season their defense in the first half looked a lot like the defense last year that was really creating havoc and leading they were top five in the country in um, tackles for loss and so they were they were playing really really good ball and so I think that's something that that needs to be recognized is when Utah State is at its best it's a solid FBS football team you know and and so I think that's that's a little bit of solace and so it's also major it's a confidence booster for Utah State because they understand how talented BYU is and top 25 team. And obviously you want to win the rivalry game and stuff. But it would have been nice to take the wagon wheel back to Logan for the indeterminable future. They would (laughs) have loved nothing more than to just put that in their trophy case and let the cobwebs grow on it. But (laughs) it's going to stay in Provo and deservingly so. But for the Aggies, no such thing as a moral win, moral victory. But there's a lot of confidence to go off of, hey, like we – hung around with these guys for the majority of the game and we're not the team we're not the one in four team that lost to Weaver State and barely beat UConn. Maybe we're a team that can actually compete yeah. in our conference again.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, shout out to Cooper Lag again. Shout out to
1: Utah State. I, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be a lot better here going forward. There's a lot to build on with this team. Uh, for BYU, you get out of an In State rivalry game. Again, the last one that is contracted to be played you and I are both in agreement. This, like, this game is going to come back. It's just a matter of when. It might take a little while, but it's going to eventually come back um, as they turn towards the Big 12. But for now, the next game may be the biggest of the season. BYU, Notre Dame, Catholics versus Mormons, in Sin City, no better place for the real Holy War. Uh, the the war between the Catholic Church and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints if you will uh than Sin City in Las Vegas and maybe most importantly you got out of this one pretty injury free for the most part uh Jaren Hall did go down on a play he kind of nursing his shoulder a little bit but uh I saw him after the game he looked fine he felt fine he said yeah everything's good like he's he's sore he's really sore um as you would expect from a pretty physical Utah State team but uh, overall, he finished a game. I think he's going to be fine. Miles Davis did limp off in the fourth quarter. Uh, he didn't return to the game. Coaches say that was precautionary. Um, I did see him on the sidelines. He stayed on the sidelines, and I saw he wasn't limping after the game. So that's a good sign, I think. Uh, you, they could lose Gabe Judy Lowley for the first half against Notre Dame. He was ejected with a targeting penalty. Uh, but both targeting penalties, I felt like tonight... I see why they were called. I I think the rest made the right decision just based on the very enigmatic ruling that is targeting. But I could also see both having that one half suspension repealed uh, this weekend on further review. So there's definitely a chance you could see that. I think it would definitely help um, BYU a lot to be able to get... Uh, gave Judy a lolly back, but at the very least, it's it's a one-half suspension. It's not a one-game suspension like it used to be, so that is helpful. Um, and again, in, 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 a, in a series where BYU's quarterback has just been so plagued by in, in injuries for like eight of the last ten years, I think it is, uh, seeing Jared Hall still upright at the end of the game was probably a pretty welcome relief uh, as they now turn their attention to Notre Dame with a couple of things figured out. Still a lot of other things to figure out, uh, but maybe kind of like the Aggies in a lot of ways, with with some some more optimism that things can turn around a little bit, um, and they can still salvage a pretty decent year in their final year of independence. Um, anything else that we skipped over that we should touch on, Jake?
2: No, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, like you mentioned for BYU to it's just IHOP. To, D- Denny's, did you say? Well, can I have that for this? <laughs> Let's, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. But, uh, yeah, continue. Oh, just, see, just say. Not seeing that Jaron Hall did not go off on a stretcher, that's got to be a win for BYU fans. Um, it, it wasn't, obviously, the, the QB drama wasn't that uh, this game wasn't without it because, obviously, Utah State had their backup quarterback in, but Logan sure. Butter wasn't injured by BYU. But, uh, no, I think, uh, I think for the – For the series to end with a game like this obviously from the utah state lens you want to see a team compete and play well but it was it was good to see it wasn't a an electric uh down to the last possession game that you're never going to forget but this wasn't the sleeper of the 21 24 point spread that everyone was expecting this was a game that utah state came and played their best ball and made byu really work for it and so i think that uh if anything, if this is gonna be the last wagon wheel game for a while, i kudos to the Aggies for making it interesting, and then b y u they had their playmakers uh make it happen so yeah now it's unfortunate to see the the wagon wheel go away, and obviously there's there's its reasons that we hemmed over yes this uh, this afternoon, but uh no nah, it's uh yeah i I really don't
1: think it's gone for good i i think i mean I honestly think like Tom Homo's gotta to figure out the schedule um for the next couple of years with BYU but I I think they're going to be back playing both in Logan and in Provo in the future just like I don't think BYU Utah's dead I think Boise State is going to wind up back on the schedule somewhere um and who knows maybe all of this is a future not Big 12 but Big 28 conference game <laughs> in a couple of years Like you never know yeah when when the when the Pac 5 guys are or Pac 10 Pac 12 whatever the number is now uh when Oregon's you know competing for big 10 titles or whatever like who knows conference alignment is weird like and it could get really really weird like utah state and byu in the same conference sure big 28 let's go like (laughs) lfg why not (laughs) why not indeed um but yeah i this game's this game's not going away for good um yeah I, i think there's a lot to build on for both teams um and uh yeah we'll leave, we'll leave it at that we'll let you guys go it's late for us we're gonna run to ihop or denny's or something <laughs> maybe and uh this has been another edition of the ksl.com cougar week podcast jake thanks rockin once again for joining me up. jacob jacob sorry uh, that's, it, you know that's what his twitter called. handle says uh, so we gotta go with jacob uh,
0: um and uh, uh, we will see baby. you guys uh, next week No, yeah. you with me let's get it baby boys just came back from their mission we going crazy Kalani got no problems, you could call him Jay-Z Best fans up in the nation since the 1980s Strength staff keep us working, yeah we never lazy Touchdown, 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 coots is who they want now Red is upstate and we don't do no uptown no them singing like a flute, we don't play around with no oots Or them Aggies up in Ogden, they not rocking how we rocking Rockin' Navy, rockin' Royal, rockin' hands Rockin' by babies, rock the stands with the fans, with you with us, raise your hands, rockin' by baby, rockin' navy, shout out to my teammates, wives and babies.